We want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Did you miss us? We're back, ladies and gentlemen, here on Wildcat 99. This is Settling the Score. I'm your host, Colin Settle, joined as always by Nate Gray. Nate, we were gone for a week, uh, but we're back now, and I feel better than ever. I had some, uh, I was dealing with a lot of allergy stuff. I was like sickness type stuff last week, the last two weeks. That kind of sucked, but we're back. And the reason we weren't here last week, I should have said something on Twitter or Facebook or, you know, whatever. Uh, I was at Big 12 Media Days at the Big 12 tip-off for the men's and women's basketball um, media days there in Kansas City for the Big 12. Got to talk to Mike McGurl, Bruce Weber, the darling that he is. <laughs> what is what does that look, Nate? He is a darling. He is a darling, and that's all that I'll say about him here as of right now. Because we'll we'll talk a little bit more K State basketball coming up uh, here on the show. We're gonna kind of recap what we missed last week too. Um, whether whether or not it's still kind of relevant, we still have our thoughts on it. So I figure we could at least talk about it a little bit, specifically K State football stuff, Chris Kleiman stuff. Uh, in particular, without giving too much away there. Uh, big Boy of the Week, we got some big stuff this week. Uh, I think we'll have a lock, right? We'll have a mm-hmm. lock later this week. Indeed. Yeah, later. Indeed. Indeed. What's the record right now? Uh, I believe last week, I guess we didn't have one last week, but two weeks ago, it worked out perfectly because two weeks ago we had a double feature. Yes. And we won both. Well, how about that? So I'm six and oh, two. Oh, yes. Think. I think six and two. I love that. So, yeah. Six and two? I think so. That's incredible. I think six and two. Well, either way, either way, we'll take it. You know, six and two is six and two. So yeah. we'll have a lock. And then I saw some pretty uh, ridiculous things on Twitter that. Uh, we're going to bring back a segment uh, from earlier on in the semester, from last semester as well. We're going to talk about some dumb Twitter stuff. But to start things off, I do have a clip of head coach Chris Kleiman talking on last week and then kind of uh, the win over over uh, Texas Tech. And uh, here's just kind of what he had to say. It didn't start off well. The, the game didn't, but uh, pleased with the way the guys didn't panic. Um especially at halftime when we went in and made some adjustments. The guys were uh, saying all the right things that uh, felt like we just needed to make a play and talk about, you know, getting a break, making a break, making a play. Ty Zentner and Felix Anaduke, were, that, that was the play. That was were the two plays that, that sparked us. Ty Zentner is an animal. Uh, saw this on Twitter from earlier when they were uh, – they had their media days today, Deuce Vaughn, uh, calls Ty Zentner Legatron, and I think that's awesome, and I think that's a great... We were just talking about nicknames, too, a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, like nicknames of players. Legatron, I think that's awesome. And Greg Zerline's nickname. There was... What, is that really? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not Greg the Leg? Well, I'd heard Legatron okay. of him before. See, I haven't heard that with him. It was always Greg the Leg for me, right? But uh, there was one thing in that clip that kind of stuck out to me, and that was Climbing uh, talking about the players saying all the right things at halftime and why that sticks out to me is it makes me think that he doesn't have to say things. 
It's that the players, and I think he's specifically talking about like Skyler, Jerron, maybe Timmy Horn. You know, some of these guys. You know, these they're leaders. taking accountability. Exactly right. The yeah. team is starting to take accountability, and I think that's that's awesome. I love that, and that's just kind of why I wanted to highlight that because you know, there's always talks between like, excuse me, there's always talks of like a. Uh, a coach-led team versus a player-led team, right? And I think that if this team can be led by the players, not not to say anything bad about – see, and that's, and that's what I'm trying to get at here is I, I'm rambling now, but I'm not – the main point here is I'm not trying to dog on the coaching staff. I'm trying to say I love that the players are being vocal and I love that they are seeing the mistakes and I love that – they're able to talk to each other and build off of each other, especially in halftime, down two scores, to come out and say, hey, this is what we need to fix. This is what we need to do. Let's go do it. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the um, – especially for such a old team, I guess, for so many seniors they have on this team, that's something you need. I mean, you need that veteran leadership. So I think that's um, <clears throat> that's really important, and I hope that – I hope that's like a spark because it was really like something changed at halftime. They just came out looking completely different. So, and I think in part to that was the play as as coach talked about by Ty Zentner that punt to pin them. What was it? The three four yard line at that point, something like mm-hmm. that. An incredible punt, and he's been doing incredible things all season. I I will say that, and I think uh, as I'm trying to. Uh, pull up my next uh, as I'm trying to transition here as I'm pulling up what I want to talk about next um and I lost my little train of thought Nate what talking about Ty Zentner yeah Ty Zentner Ty Zentner's playing extremely well and I think that's in part to why K-State won this game you look at the play where he pinned them within the four yard line which led to the safety which then led to the touchdown which then led to another stop which led to another score right Mm -hmm. so I think without Ty Zenner there, I don't think he would have won that game. Special Teams University. Special Teams University. And the and the reason why I wanted to uh to get into that is we weren't here last week, but I wanted to go through and look at our uh our preseason awards list, right? That that we went through and that we that we put together. So as we're looking here. Nate, I'm gonna. Should we go through? Because we didn't, we didn't talk about this on the show. That's the thing is we didn't talk about it on the show. But I put it on Twitter, and I'm looking to get your thoughts on where we are at the halfway point now through the season. So to start, Coach of the Year, uh, I picked Van Malone. I think I also picked, and Van Malone. you picked also Van Malone. Yeah. Does that pick hold up halfway through the season to say that Van Malone is is coach of the year halfway through the year? Um, I don't know. It's kind of tough right now to pick a coach of the year, I think. I don't know. I think mm, it's not Courtney Messingham. No. Never was going to be. It's not a – it's probably not Klanderman. Um, I don't know. Potentially. I'm not confident. I, I would like to 
to give it to Connor Riley because he Connor Riley won last year. He was our mm-hmm. coach of the year last year. But when only half of the offensive line is producing, you know, the way that you want it to, I don't think you can give it to. No. I. No, no. you can't. No, the offensive line last year, I think. For how bad they start at the beginning of the year, the offense offensive line by the end of the year was one of the least of the problems of the yes. team. The team had problems down the stretch last year, but the offensive line was not one of those problems. So that was that was at least comforting. Um, but I think at this point it's kind of too early to say really what position. I think maybe maybe defensive line because the D lines look pretty good. I do. Mm-hmm. I do think uh, maybe maybe Brian Anderson with the running backs. I think. Definitely making a strong case here, having Joe Irvin yeah. become this guy that obviously he's not. I don't think he's there yet, but from when he looks good, he looks good. Well, and you need in the way football's played now, you kind of need a running back by committee. You kind of need yeah. a two or three guys who can run the ball. So um, it's nice. It's nice to see that they they have a good two guy now, a good one A one B. Speaking of running backs, let's talk about offensive MVP where we both picked Deuce Vaughn. Which was kind of the easy... Which is the easy answer, but at the same time, it's like, I think that holds up. I don't really have too much to say. You look at what he's done over the course of the season. He's already in the record books, and you know he already has 2,000 all-purpose yards. It's pretty easy. Fastest player in K-State history to ever do that, and I just... I don't. I know how much to say about Deuce Vaughn. That's the thing. It's like I think it's an easy answer. I also think it's the right answer. I hate to be like the. It's obvious. annoying because it's just like it's the chalk. It's super exactly easy. like I. I want to be controversial and I want to like say stuff that I'm like, yeah, like this is gonna be, you know, a you want to make take, like a hot take, like, yeah. It's Deuce Vaughn. Like, it's. I think it's just a bit too obvious. It's the right answer. And yeah. I think on the other side, and this is where. I think things are going to get a little messy yeah. as defensive uh, yes. MVP. I, know I have mean. Daniel Green. Do you remember who you had? Didn't I pick Russ Yeast? You picked Khalid Duke. Uh, <laughs> and how unfortunate that, uh, unfortunate. that turned out to be uh, now that he's out for the year. I'm switching it halfway to Nate Matlack. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm making Why a not? midseason flip-flop. I love it. I love We're everything about that. All in on Nate Matlack. I love everything that Nate Matlack has done uh, over the course of his time. So far here, he's balled out, and I'm not gonna. <sighs> and he's a tr- he's a redshirt freshman. Yes, so he's got time yes. here. He's gonna be real good. Am I gonna call him my defensive MVP? No, no he's not. But, but he has made. He got the. Didn't he get the game winning sack against uh-huh. Southern Illinois? And he got the game winning sack against. And I think Southern Texas Illinois. State. I don't think he had the game winning sack. Oh and no! He, he had, had to stop. He had the. Down. He That's had like was. the. Oh, like, it was. It was Felix. It was, yeah, it was King Felix. Yeah, it was Felix. Uh, but he had. He and I don't even think he actually had the tackle. But he blew up the play, yes. so the running back had to like cut back yeah. in, and then everyone came in. So yeah. Speaking of yeah. King Felix, I think. Yeah. Felix. Felix. He had the, the DK is, yeah. is the defensive MVP so I'd far. I'd say so. Uh, just looking at everything he's done, he leads the Big Twelve in sacks with five right now. Really? And yes, he does. Uh, yeah. Stat that uh, not a lot of people know. He leads the Big 12 in sacks uh, with five, and he's playing, I think, out of his mind. I think that's a very fair thing to say that he's playing extremely well right oh, now. Oh, yeah. He's playing really well. I think I think the linebackers in the secondary has been okay. 
And that was that was the big question mark. Was like, the end of the are they going to be like good? Are they get? I don't know. It's like they've been okay. I don't think it's there's really been any guy that really sticks out. So, I yeah, yeah I think I think it's King Felix. I I'm not really going to go anywhere else with it. I think he's kind of the front runner in my mind for defensive MVP. Uh, so far, halfway through the season, special teams MVP. You said Phillip Brooks. I said Ty Zentner, baby, and I'm sticking with it. He is absolutely the special teams MVP so far throughout this season. I don't even think I need to explain myself. You look at Possibly what he's Knowles. been doing. He's had like two kickoff return touchdowns. He also had a fumble on a kickoff return. Well, who doesn't? I mean, it happens. <laughs> yeah. so is no, Byron, it's Ty so Zentner. Ty Zentner is the only right answer. Uh, he is the special teams MVP halfway through the season. 100%. And I understand the Philip Brooks pick. It's a and I think it's 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 a safe pick. I think it's the same thing with Deuce. Is you pick Philip Brooks, a guy who you know is going to touch the ball, whether or not it's on kick returns, he's definitely going to touch it on punt returns if teams choose to punt it to him. But Tyzenner's balling out and that's that's going to be probably one of my greatest picks this season. I think is picking him as the the special teams MVP. Fair. That's all you got. Yeah. He's balled out. <laughs> That's all he's got. Newcomer of the year. Uh, uh, we both said Russ Yeast. And, yeah, I think uh, after Stanford, he had a pick and he had a bunch of tackles and he was playing really well as a yeah. transfer coming in. I think you can – I know there was a lot of hype around Timmy Horn. I knew I threw a lot of hype around Timmy Horn. And a lot of other guys did as well. I think Reggie Stubblefield has been under the radar. I think he does more for this team than people realize. He didn't play against Oklahoma, and I don't think he traveled to Stillwater either. I know he didn't. He did not play against Oklahoma State. I'm not sure if he played against Oklahoma or not. But when he's there... Being able to play that nickel and blow up plays in the backfield, which is what he's so good at, the Sauce Boss, another awesome nickname for a player, Sauce Boss. Are you kidding me? That is pretty cool. We should just hold like a a big tournament for all the players' nicknames because I think Sauce Boss is definitely up there as one of the top ones on the team. Anyways, I think Reggie Stubblefield is definitely a guy that's kind of balled out in my mind he's got a lot of swag to him and i think he well you know say what you will about like the arm mans and you know whatever like if he, if that's his look that's his look but like if you play well you can wear you know whatever you want as far as i'm concerned and listening to or seeing him play the way that it, that he's played i might be giving it to Reggie Stubblefield. There is a case you could also make for Daniel Matterbebe. Yeah. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I'm not really sure. I'm not going to count Joe Irvin as a newcomer. He just sat out last season, uh, so I'm not going to count Joe Irvin. But I think if you give Tyrone Howell more targets, I think he yeah. he's definitely a contender for newcomer. And I think we're going to see more targets to Tyrone Howell here in the future as well. I really hope so. Uh, Skyler threw passes to 11 different receivers on Saturday, and Tyrone Howell was one of them. He's trying to run this air raid, man. They're, that's what I'm saying. Is if, you, if you around. can show that you're dangerous in the passing game and you have to respect that, that's going to open up the running game yeah. so much. Granted, don't stop running the ball, especially yeah. with a guy like Deuce Vaughn against 
a TCU team that gives up, I think, close to like 200 yards per game on the ground uh, so far this season. But, yeah, keep running the ball. Get, get the ball in the hands of your best player, which is Deuce Vaughn. And I think Russ Yeast is still a guy in contention, but I think Reggie Stubblefield is kind of sneaking up there in my mind as, as newcomer of the year. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Um, I... It is tough, like you said, because I, I do think Joe Irvin might make a case for it, but, you know, sitting out, um, yeah, I mean, is he really a newcomer? That's right, uh, yeah, because he's been on the team, right? Yeah. Um, I could see that. I could see that with, with Reggie Stubblefield. Um, I think it's another one of those ones that's just kind of too early to really make sure. Sure, sure. So. Halfway through the season, though, I, I, I would probably either give it to, to Russ East Reggie Stubblefield or Daniel Matabebe. I could see picks. I could see Daniel Matabebe. Halfway yeah. through the season, yeah, that's that's where I'm going. And then finally, season MVP, uh, we will pick Deuce Vaughn because boring. I think it's a boring pick, but at the same time, I feel like it's a safe pick only because I wasn't sure how Skyler was going to look. Granted, he goes and gets hurt, so I mean, it definitely helps our case for you know looking at who's going to produce the most. But should have picked Will Howard <laughs> for the one game that he played yeah. against Nevada. A great so game for him, by the way. A great game in. for him against Nevada, by the way. Yeah. But yeah, again, Deuce Vaughn, safe pick. I mean, right now, looking at season MVP, it's hard to pick a defensive player unless you have just like a Terrence Newman. Or like a Charles Woodson, somebody who's like up for like a Heisman or something that's just balling out, like an Arthur Brown type player. But even even if you look at Arthur Brown, you look at who is on the offensive side, and it's like it's hard to make a case for Arthur Brown in 2012 to be you know the season MVP when you have a guy like Colin Klein on the other side of of you know the ball. So it's hard to have, and that and that's maybe we should split it. Should we? No, because we already have we already have offensive MVP and defensive MVP. So. Oh well, sucks to be on defense, I guess. But yeah. Deuce Vaughn's kind of the the easy. He's just an easy pick, and I think he's the smartest pick, and I think he's the right pick. I think looking at him play, I definitely think he's improved. I also think that teams are really keying in on him now, yep. and obviously his production isn't going to be as high as it was last season. But you start the three game, the first three games of the season with a hundred yards rushing, and you have a touchdown in each of those games. Yeah, Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn's the real deal, and I love every. I, yeah, I just I don't see anyone else in my mind being the season MVP right now. Yeah, no, I don't think there's anyone that has. You think of the MVP, the player that's most valuable to your team. Yeah, I don't see anyone on this team that's more valuable to the team than he is. So a healthy Skylar Thompson, pretty maybe, simple. but other than that. That's Maybe. that's all I got. Like a, a healthy Skylar Thompson. I mean, the offense definitely moves considerably better when he's <laughs> under center, but still. Yeah, and you know it sucks to not be able to give a defensive player the the season MVP, but you know that's just how that's just how it goes sometimes, and you know not everybody gets uh, not everybody gets praised, and you know some people are the last to get praised, uh, and some people are the first. And as we're trying to segue into not just my favorite segment, not just your favorite segment, Nate, but uh, everybody's favorite segment, Big Boy of the Week, not just this week's. We had one last week, but we weren't on the air. 
Big Boy of the Week. Double up feature. Next. Coming up next, double feature. Big Boy of the Week. It was the old intro today. Happens to the best of us. Still a good intro. Love the song. Big Muse guy. If you couldn't tell, we got Muse during Big Boy of the Week. We got Muse to finish out the show this. This, uh, should we call it like a season? This semester? This season of settling the score? This era. This, this season of settling the score right here on Wildcat 91.9. I'm your host, Colin Settle, joined by Nate Gray as always. And this is everybody's favorite segment, Big Boy of the Week. As we all know, linemen are the first to get blamed, the last to get credit. We were not here last week. I was at uh, Big 12 tip-off. The basketball media days for the Big 12. And we did have a Big Boy of the Week last week. Uh, so why not uh, just get into that? I do not have his... Nate, could you could you pull up his uh, stature real quick? Oh, yes, 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 uh, yes, yes. And it's very unfortunate who's involved in this clip. Uh, it was an interception... By a defensive lineman for the oh, he's Chiefs. He's not even that big. No, he's not even that big. It was just an incredible Coming in play. Six four, two hundred and seventy-eight pounds. Well, that that's still a big boy. You got to hit three hundred if you're a D lineman, though. As a defensive end, I don't think so. Defensive ends have to be fast. He's listed as a tackle, though. Well, he plays end, so who he's knows? I'm not a Chiefs fan. Though. I wouldn't know. Nate, who is this week's? Big Boy of the Week? Well, last week's. Or last week's Big Boy of the Week. Was Tershawn Wharton with an interception against the football team. The football team. What football team? The football team. Uh, and not only was it an interception against the football team, it was former K-State uh, tackle Cornelius Lucas that was just kind of trying to do his thing, and uh, here's the Wharton interception. Chat with him, and it's very simply this. Hi, the key. Intercepted! How about that play from Tershawn Wharton? Sean Wharton. Watch this. Would you say suction cups? With one hand, and he traps it on the offensive line. Is that is that Lucas? Cornelius Lucas. And then is able to hold Just wrong in. place, wrong time for Cornelius Lucas. Tough. Unfortunately, you know. There's nothing he could have done. There. Happens to the best of us. Oh well. It is what it is. Nothing he could have. He tried. Done. It's okay. He still he probably has one of the longer careers out of any K State offensive mm-hmm. lineman. Yeah, out of anybody, right? I, I mean, I would assume Reisner's gonna Dalton Reisner's gonna have a good career. Uh, Cody Whitehair is gonna have a good career, but other than that, BJ Finney played like two, three seasons with the Steelers, and now he's on like a practice squad somewhere. And I mean, I can't even really think of anybody else. That, other linemen, other other like uh, offensive linemen for K State, you know. So I, can't I mean, think of any. good for Cornelius Lucas to be able to. Uh, to have the career that he's had so far, staying prevalent as a starter in the NFL, Grant, you know, say what you will about him, he's a starter in the NFL and he's making money. But this week's uh, Big Boy of the Week, as we get into it, I have an honorable mention first, and this is going to go to the six foot four, three hundred fifteen pound center out of Ohio State. His name is Harry Miller. Harry Miller. Uh, he came out earlier. I don't know if it was today or yesterday. Uh, he has an NIL, uh, NIL deal, name, image, likeness stuff, now that it's legal, uh, through the NCAA. He will be donating all of his NIL earnings to the humanitarian efforts in Nicaragua. Uh, he's an all-state AFCA Good Works team selection, and he's been going on missions trips to Nicaragua 
uh, nearly every year since he's been in seventh grade, and he's going to be giving all of his NIL money. And what's his name? Harry. Harry Miller, center out of Ohio State, six foot four, three hundred fifteen pounds. How about that? Also, big boys getting NIL deals. You love to see that, right? I love to see. Love it. to see the big boys getting NIL deals, and we we kind of already hit on it earlier. It was a play that everybody saw. It was on uh, the NFL Network or NFL Sports, whatever it was, and we'll we'll talk about that here in a second. It was probably the nastiest no call for a safety I've ever seen in my life. Six foot three, two hundred fifty five pounds, ladies and gentlemen. Felix, uh, how do you? Uh, Nate, I'm not sure how to say his last name, so you know what? I'm just gonna let Enaduke uh, Azuma. I'm, I'm just gonna let Tim Brando and the uh, the the announcing crew just kind of do it for me here. Felix and Utica Azuma goes, and it's Azuma and Utica Azuma, 91 that made the play. First down. Duke Uzuma, wonderful job of surrounding and populating the ball. Eric Arizona as a comma was. And Yudike Uzuma. Felix and Yudike Uzuma. Diane Yudike Uzuma. Yudike Uzuma. And Yudike Uzuma. Felix and Yudike Uzuma. 91. I hate the worst. I I hate you, Tim Brandon. That's really not that bad. Oh, but still, like, come on. Come on. Tim Brando, you've been doing this for how long? You can't even be bothered to look up a pronunciation chart. It's right there on the K-State. Like, I'm looking at the K-State website right now. Felix Enudike Uzama. Are you kidding me, Tim Brando? And Tim Brando's the guy that's going to go out there and he, because K-State fans will tweet at him and he'll complain. He's the same as that Pete Martini guy from, uh, where, where's Pete from? I don't even know. But he just blocks everybody. He's not going to handle the criticism. Tim Brando is just going to go out there and start blocking people because he can't, he can't handle it. What a freaking coward, Tim Brando. Get over yourself. You messed up. Figure it out, man. You gotta own it. You have to own that. Tim freaking Brando, man. Whatever. Felix Sanadike. Here's the here's the play. Now now I'm all worked up talking about Tim Brando. Jeez. I'm letting him live rent free right now in my head. Tim freaking Brando of all people. Here's the uh here's the Felix Sanadike safety. Why is that there? Nice. How about that? Could it be a safety? Very, it is. Yep, it is. And they're calling it. My man, last but not least, y'all, I've been screaming about this name. Felix and Udika Uzama. He blew up the plate, but not only did he blow up the plate in K-State, he blew up the plate in the end zone. Look at the ref. This is the most beautiful thing you can see a ref do as a defensive lineman. Come from the side, throwing up the safety sign. Make a play. Matter of fact, my man, the offensive lineman, he was holding, but it ain't nothing you can do when a big man ball. Hey, you think I got your name right too, bro? Nothing but respect. That's a hell of a play. Hope to see you on Sundays so you can be in the NFL jersey on BMB. Marcus Spears. Love Marcus Spears. Love Marcus Spears, man. How about that? I love that. The big man balling segment that he has. I love everything about that. Marcus Spears, it was on NFL Live. ESPN, that play got blown up, and for good reason, because Felix is a baller, dude. He's an absolute baller, and I love everything about it. Yeah, no, that was a great play, and like you said, that was one of, that was like, that was hand-in-hand with the punt, is like the the defining, like, 
moment of yeah. the game that just flipped the momentum. Yeah, because Kleiman said it too in the in the clip that I played at the at the top of the. Uh, you know, here I'll just I'll just play the clip again because we, we didn't really get into the tech game, but this is what. Uh, in case in case you're just now joining us here on Wildcat 919, I'm your host Colin Settle, along with Nate Gray. This is settling the score. This is what uh, head coach Chris Kleiman had to say about the win last week over Texas Tech. It didn't start off well. The, the game didn't, but uh, pleased with the way the guys didn't panic, um, especially at halftime when we went in and made some adjustments. The guys were uh, saying all the right things that uh, felt like we just needed to make a play. And we talk about you know getting a break, making a break, making a play. Ty Zentner and Felix Anaduke, were, that, that was the play. That was were the two plays that, that sparked us. Yeah. And I think I think that's just the perfect way to look at it. Looking uh, at this game as a whole, just kind of what are your what are your thoughts there, Nate? Having being able to come back, you win by a point. Also, I want to point out the Vegas spread was a point. It was minus one K State. Really? What are they? To push. What are they drinking? Well, it was in Vegas it was right even now. it was oh even God. all week and I guess everyone was jumping on the cats so it moved to moved to uh, one point but um, I don't know I think it shows a lot about this team and you know what I'm gonna say it if Skyler would have been playing against Oklahoma State we would have beat Oklahoma State we would have beat Oklahoma because State. this was the same game as that we got smacked around in the first half and then in the second half, actually start to come back, but we just got to the point where offense couldn't move the ball again. So I'm saying with 100% confidence, if Skyler was was playing against Oklahoma State, we would have won that game. And I think you look at that, too, as in his leadership. Skyler yeah. Thompson is a big deal to this team. So maybe he is the MVP. Maybe. You know, the quarterback asking. runs the offense, right? He's the commander of your team. He's the leader of your, your army there. So, I mean, maybe, maybe it is Skyler Thompson. But... I think that just goes to show, you know, exactly what Kleiman said, right? You know, the players were able to figure it out. They were able to talk amongst themselves at halftime, figure out the issues, and, you know, go out there and, and play for each other and figure it out together, which I think also is going to help them down the road. In bonding, they're going to be able to trust each other more, and I mm-hmm. think ultimately they're going to have more success from it, especially against the TCU team this weekend that I really think K-State's going to beat. But looking more specifically at the game, Skyler was 24 of 30, for 296 and a touchdown, Deuce had 15 carries, 52 yards, and two touchdowns. But Deuce also had seven catches for 68 yards and one touchdown. 11 players caught a pass from Skylar Thompson throughout this game. And one other thing, I, I just to kind of wrap, we've been talking about K-State football pretty much the entire show, and I want to I wanna kind of wrap things up so we can move on. But I think uh, one thing going forward, and I'll ask you the same question, one thing going forward that I think this team needs to figure out how they're going to do it if they want to win is Skyler's mobility. I think, obviously, he is not the same Skyler Thompson. Mm-hmm. We've seen that, you know, when he threw for 300 yards and, you know, whatever a few weeks ago. And then, you know, obviously, oh, you didn't go the way that you wanted, but, you know, having Skyler come out and ball out, I, I think he balled out. It was one of the best passing games of his entire career over 300 yards and, you know, how many touchdowns, I don't remember at this point, but then ha- having him come out and complete the highest percentage of passes that he's ever completed in his career, having him pass to 11 different receivers, finding the end zone, almost three, just under 300 yards. I mean, he can throw the ball, but not having him being able to use his legs specifically in the red zone 
inside the 10-yard line, inside the 5-yard line where we know he's effective, that's where it hurts the team the most. So I think going forward, if this team wants to continue to have success and build wins on wins and stack stack wins, right, you have to figure out, you know, are you going to run him or are you not? I don't think you can do both. So either get him ready and make sure that he can run or don't run him. That's that's my that's my opinion on that. But Nate, same question to you. What does this team need to do going forward? Just one one little point here that's going to make or break the season. Offensively or defensively? I because we were talking about Skyler and that was just something that I think we know the defense is I I think assuming the defense keeps playing the way they do, if we can just get that consistent play from them, I think it's going to come down to to Skyler throwing the ball cuz like you said, Skyler's throwing the ball like that makes you have to respect the pass, opens up the run game. You know Deuce can run the ball whether you're blocking for it or not. So it's like having him having him be such a legit threat throwing the ball, I mean, that opens up everything. It's a big deal, Have, especially having him being, doing it successfully, something that obviously he hasn't done a great job of in the past. I think he's definitely – every season I think he's improved as a passer – Especially now, looking at him now, this is the best passing season he's had. He did have two rushing touchdowns against Stanford and then, you know, went out against Southern Illinois. But every game since, these last two games that he came back, yeah, he's looked really good throwing the ball. I think he stands better in the pocket. I think he's taller. I think he has more confidence as a thrower. And that gives me more confidence in this offense, like you said, to just to build off of your point you got to respect it at that point then. Skyler's not some guy who's going to be, you know, scramble out of the pocket, run first, and then throw the ball, right, as as we've seen so much throughout his career, where everyone is screaming at him, you know, this guy's open, right? You see Malik Nolas coming across the middle, and then he just, like, scampers out. Or you see Dalton Schoen, like, running down the sideline, and he just, like, rolls out of the pocket, and everyone's mm-hmm. like, ah, he's wide open. He's finding these receivers now. And – Defenses are having to put pressure on Skylar Thompson in order to stop him, and that's dangerous. So either keep him in the pocket or figure out how to run him. And at this point, you have Deuce Vaughn, you have Joe Irvin. Say what you will about Jacardier Wright, not going to get into that. You also have DJ Giddens, you have, uh, shoot, who's the uh, Jordan Shippers. You, you, you have running backs, right? You have running backs that can run the ball on this team. So let them do their job and let them run. Let Skyler chill in the pocket. I I personally just don't want to see him running around. I think it's detrimental to, to the team, and I feel like it's not helping him in any way either. So in my opinion, keep him in the pocket, but if you want him to run, you got to figure it out as soon as possible. If he's healthy enough to run, let him run, but I think right now you keep him in the pocket. Final thoughts. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. I think that, like you said, I mean, that's been one of his big things, one of his one of his big things throughout his career of not, you know, d- you know, bailing out of the pocket too early. And it has been it has been nice seeing that from Skyler. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping it's just something that's he needs to kind of work back into with his injury. I'm hopeful that that's the case because um, I would like to see him maybe being able to um, flush out of the pocket a little more often, but. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm holding out hope that it's just something he has to kind of overcome mentally. So, I don't know. 
Yeah, no, I I think I hope so. I just hope he's physically not like too banged up. That's my biggest yeah. fear. Is like he's da- I don't I don't think he's hesitant. He's not because he put his head down on a fourth and four and picked up a first down. Mm-hmm. So against against Iowa State and that's you know we we can we, I don't know I don't want to talk about Iowa State. I'm gonna be honest. I don't want to talk about the game, but uh, so we won't because. Uh, <laughs> First off, we don't have time, and I, I don't want to. But, you know, looking at uh, the Tech game on the road, being able to do what he did, I think, was impressive. Oh, yeah. Throwing the ball. So yeah. that's kind of my thoughts on Skylar Thompson as of right now. But I'm not the only one on the show that has thoughts. I'm not the only one who's I, – I don't want to call you an expert but uh, because you're not. You're not a betting man. Mm-mm. Not at all. Uh, not even close, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh but Nate, it's time once again for our other favorite reoccurring segment. Uh, Nate, do you do you have something to share with us this week? I do. None of you seem to understand. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. Hey, Freak Joe, you're going nowhere. Well, like we mentioned earlier, I I need to like keep like a physical track yeah. like, right down what yeah. my record I'm pretty sure I'm 6 and 2. So, pretty good record, I'd say. 4 games well, above We'll we'll take a look back and we'll, we'll figure I'm pretty it. sure we'll I'm pretty sure I'm 4 games above 500, so I'll take that. But this weekend, don't have a lot of lines that I'm really liking that much this weekend, but I did find one that did kind of, you know, pop pop my eyes a little bit. Um, so good game actually Saturday night um, between SMU and Houston. Um, Houston is quietly six and one. Um, however, their only loss was to Texas Tech. So SMU is undefeated, right? SMU is seven and zero, oh, nineteenth in the, in the in all the land. So um, and SMU, albeit it is in Houston, it is going to be a away game for the the Ponies. Um, SMU is one point underdogs, and I don't like that. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like, I don't it like one that bit. at all. Um, Houston <laughs> just scraped out a win in overtime against Eastern Carolina, who uh, um, let me look it up. They're three and four, so I don't. I mean, that was at home too against the Pirates. So eh, I don't. Eh? I don't love eh? Houston. I don't think they should be favorites. So I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Ponies. I'm take them plus one. I mean, you could also probably take a money line, you know, because yeah. they're it's one point. But I take that one, and you know what? In the in the event of a one point win like this weekend, I would recommend maybe buying that extra half point, making it one and a half. So have some fun with it, man. Maybe take the take the line down a little bit, yeah. take it to one and a half. So I think another thing that's interesting too, because you brought up SMU, and this is uh, that I think is interesting. I think Cincinnati has. A great chance. I do too to make the playoff because they don't have a tough opponent until SMU, and they play SMU second to last week of the year. See, the the problem though is when you say that, that's the that's the kiss of death saying, "Oh, they don't have anyone left." Well, because I said at, about look Iowa. At the schedule. Look at the I, schedule. We said like that about Tulane. Tulane's one and five. We said that about the Cats against Baylor. You said, "Oh, there's no one left till Texas," like last week. Let me. I want to make sure I'm getting all this right. I, I agree. The other day, no, I definitely. I I know what you're talking about. I agree. I'm just saying. Once you say, "Oh, they got no one left," that's when they lose. No, I don't see them losing. 
I don't see Cincinnati losing. I don't either. But I'm gonna go out right now and say they're gonna lose again. You have you have Tulane, who's one in five. Tulsa, who's like one in five. It's not giving me the records. Uh, but Tulane only has one win. Tulsa only has one win. South Florida, I think, only has two or three wins. Tulsa almost beat Ohio State. Any given Sunday, I guess. Oh, you just proved your point. How about that? Uh, then you play SMU, and then uh, Eastern Carolina, East Carolina, who I believe only has three wins. So. On paper, Cincinnati looks like they're going to roll. They're going to roll. But I hope they do. I really hope they do. Oh, I do too. Because Oklahoma is the worst undefeated team I've ever seen in my entire life. I still think Alabama is a little overrated. And is anybody going to be able to score on Georgia? Those are the three, like, big things looking at the top, like, five teams in the nation right now. I don't know if anybody's going to be able to score on Georgia with their defense. Yeah, I don't. Especially Oklahoma. Oklahoma might. Oklahoma would be lucky to get like a first down or oh, two. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Against Oklahoma is the worst undefeated team I've ever seen in my entire they life. They need one of those illegal handoffs they got against KU. Yes. What so. did you think of that? Because technically, Gene Steratore, whatever rules official, was on Twitter talking about it, and it's like because it was behind the line, you can still hand it off. So. I don't know. So I, guess I, I don't allowed. know the ruling on the play. So technically, I think it was allowed, but it was such like an odd, weird. I've never seen that before. I've never yeah. seen that happen. But what a what a heads up play by Caleb Williams though. And speaking of Caleb Williams though, Spencer Rattler. Whoa, where's he gonna go? He's Tulsa. obviously he's obviously. <laughs> you think he's gonna Tulsa. Go to Tulsa? He's gonna take the Golden Hurricane to Natty. <laughs> You know how funny that'd be? He's going he to like go like pull like a, like a Daniel Sams. Where did Daniel Sams go? He went to like Florida uh, Agricultural Florida, Technical No, it was in Louisiana. It was in Louisiana. Um, Probably went to like Gulf Coast Community shoot, College He won or a national championship with him. What? What is the name of the school? I'm going to let... Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, it's something like a Mick... Mick uh, McNeese. He went to McNeese and he won a national championship. McNeese with him. State? McNeese. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there you go. It's gonna be like that. He's gonna go to one of those like small, not maybe not like an FBS school or an FCS. He's gonna school go to. Like. He's gonna go to a <laughs> Mid America Nazarene. <laughs> yeah, take him to the NAI Natty. Yeah, he can. He can join Tyrone Hall or you know because whatever Hutch is, Hutch is a. It's like NCJ. Yeah, it's the community college. Yeah, but they have like Alvin Kamara went there, right? He oh, went. Really? I'm pretty sure he no went there way. for like a year or two because he to was at Hutch? he was at Bama with the Dragons. He was no at way. Alvin Kamara was at Bama. I didn't know. And that. then he That's went crazy. Um, then he went back to. Um, See, I don't know much yeah, about yeah. Hutchinson Community College. He played one year. That's so. He, funny. In nine <laughs> games, he ran for 1,200 yards and 18 <laughs> touchdowns. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so he had he had wait. This can't be true. It said he had twelve hundred he had twelve hundred rushing yards. He had fourteen total yards and twenty one total touchdowns in nine games. <laughs> oh. No way. Yeah. How about that? Go dragons, man. Yeah. Wait, is it blue dragons or is it just the dragons? It's blue dragons. Is it blue dragons? Yeah. All right. Well it, it, some with a dragon, right? But jeez, how about that? And then having him Transfer all over because where did he end up? I don't remember. Kamara, yeah, Tennessee. Okay, that's right. That's, yeah. right. that's right. That's right. But how about that? From Bama transfers to Hutch. Hutch yeah. transfers to Tennessee, and then he goes and scores 
like a six bajillion, touchdowns on, yeah. on Christmas. Yeah. How about that? Speaking of transfers, let's talk about K-State basketball because that's, uh, that's coming up here very soon. Uh, they start uh, exhibition games this weekend, right? Yes, they do start exhibition games this weekend. And I, uh, I, I want to get into the Big 12 media stuff that I was able to go with last week uh, with the Collegian and Landon and uh, Nathan. Shout out to those guys. And then Dylan, Dylan Connell, of course, as well, our photographer over at the Collegian. Just shout out, shouting out those guys, Landon Reinhardt and Nathan and Sarah. Everyone works very hard over there at the Collegian, I can assure you that, uh, to get good content out. But... Uh, yeah, I was able to talk to a lot of players, talk to a few coaches, Jeff Mitty, Bruce Weber. Um, you know, they're, they're, all, all the Big 12 coaches were there. It was, it was a fun time. Uh, and I do have a clip of Selton Miguel, who said something very interesting that I think should uh, perk the ears of more people than it did when it came out. Uh, but I'm going to play that next. Here's the, uh, as Nate is hyping me up over here, thank you for that. Here's the clip of Selton Miguel, and I'll play the clip, but then I want to go back and kind of highlight it in, in case you missed it. But here's, uh, here's Selton Miguel. Selton, how big is it having a guy like Mike come back? Five figures and five now? Um, it's big because he influenced others to come back too. <laughs> even though, even the new, new three players come to Kansas State too, so it was a big influence him to stay. Did you catch it? Did you catch it? Nate, you already know what it is. I'm going to play it here. I'll play kind of underneath me and then I'll, and then I'll pipe it up here. But we're talking to Mike McGurl and Selden McGill. It's big because he influenced others to come back too. Asking the question, how big was it to have Mike McGurl come back and use that extra year of eligibility? Selton Miguel's response, it's big because it influenced others to come back too. Why that's big is because, in, ca- in case you're out of the loop, the entire 2019 recruiting class is gone. K-State yeah, men's that basketball lost an entire recruiting class after that, last season. Who all was it? It was Gordon, Gordon. It was Book. the Gordons and... Uh, there was only uh, three, right? Three or four? No, there were three or four four or five of them, I think. It was the the point guard who was like really short. Some Don't bomb. remember his name. Oh, I, it was the Juco guy they yes, got. Yeah, he yes, was, yeah. and they all transferred out. Antonio Gordon, Dejuan Gordon. Honestly, thank goodness. They stunk. They were not good. They didn't give anything to the program. I put out one one tweet about Antonio Gordon one time, and I regret it horribly. It was a terrible tweet. I just remember you just like, I mean, I think I saw him. I think I don't know. He just he was he was kind of a bum. I don't he's know. not good. I'm glad he's, he's not gone. good. I'm glad he's gone. He spent more time he's partying than he did yeah, working he was on partying his, and he yeah. was he would fight people yeah. and like Antonio Gordon was just not good for this team. Yeah. Uh, oh well. It is what it is. If they didn't like the program, get out, because no one liked you either. So, yeah, <laughs> not to be too harsh, but uh, in case you didn't know, you know our feelings about those guys. That le- I did like Dejuan Gordon. I think Dejuan Gordon had a lot of. Uh, I think he had potential. Did he end up at Mizzou? Is that right? Yes, because okay. we we and we got Mike. we got Mark Smith. Mark Smith. Mark yeah. Smith comes from Mizzou, and then we send Dejuan over to Mizzou. So that was for that cash was, considerations, yeah. <laughs> more or less, right? So, hearing now that now that you have a little backstory and you know a little tangent there on how we feel about those guys, you know that's why that clip is so big. That he says Mike coming back influenced a lot of other guys to come back too. If I'm going to be honest, I would not have expected Mike McGurl to have that much influence, but I guess he does, and that's cool. Which is cool, yeah. I mean, because. 
I I don't want to like get into my thoughts on like players and stuff like that, but Mike is probably like the fourth best player on the team, fifth best player on the team right He's now. He's like a fringe. He's guy. a very fringe kind of guy, especially yeah. when you look at guys like Nigel Pack, Davian Bradford. I think Selton Miguel is a little bit above Mike in my mind, but I mean I'm excited for this team this year. I am very excited. I really think they could make some noise. The way they finished off the year last year, like, Loki should have beat Baylor. Should have beat Baylor. The tournament. Yes. Like, they probably And that's something, you know, we, we asked Bruce, Bruce Weber about that. You know, what was the the mindset after last season coming into this season? He says the win or the 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 close game against Baylor gave a kickstart into the offseason. That's what he said. Uh, that's what he said during the Big 12 media days. So that's awesome to hear that they played Baylor really close and they probably should have beat Baylor. Dude, I'm excited for this team. I think there's a lot of talent. I think, you know, obviously the hype isn't going to be there, especially after last season, especially when you're picked to finish second to last in the preseason. Who's polls. finished last? Like Iowa State. Really? It's just crazy. Maybe. Iowa State's like I'll, bad I'll, now. I don't know. I'll find it. Yeah, because they went on like some run. They've been like at yeah. least pretty good for so long. Hold on, I'll uh, I'll find it real quick. But yeah, I uh, I I'm excited for this team. I think Davian's gonna have a really good season. I think Nigel's gonna have a really good season. I think Selton Miguel is probably the guy in my mind right now that I'm most excited for. He got to go play uh, in the Olympic qualifiers. Uh, with his home country of Angola. so, And we asked him about that, too, and he, he said that it was a really good opportunity. He got to learn a lot from you know other professionals overseas, and he said he was the youngest guy there. So learning from those older guys that play professionally overseas, coming together, and then playing with those guys, he said, was a really cool opportunity. So I think that's really going to help him. I think it's – he – I like – I really like Selton Miguel. I think – I think he's going to have a really good season. I think he's got a really good jumper. I think he, he's he's just fluid with it. I think, you know, because you look at some players and they're, you look at some big guys down low and they're slow and they're kind of like rigidy or, you know, whatever you want to say and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's Davian, by the way. I think Dave, I think Dave, I think a lot of the players on this team just know how to move. I think that's the biggest thing. I think they have good ball handling skills, which helps with that. But overall, I I really like this team going into the season. I do too, and I think the big the big thing with this team is going to be the offense. Because last year, I think if the offense would have performed better, I think they would have won a few more games because oh, they I had think so. so many games. There's Bruce, and that's just Bruce Weber because he's a strong defensive coach. But I think his teams have always kind of been like a okay offense. So I I think man if this if this team can really get something going on offense they could be pretty scary they could be a, a, a kind of a dark horse team to maybe crack into the tournament maybe make some noise so yeah I uh, as I'm trying to find it here the preseason um yeah that's definitely not right because it has K State finishing fourth uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know about that. I don't know if we're a fourth place team in my mind, but uh, I don't know. Definitely, definitely not looking right uh, on my screen over that here. Could be right. Could be. I'm not sure. Who do they have first? Baylor, of course. Baylor. And the Iowa State's up there a little bit. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting with KU. I. Uh, so when's all this Adidas stuff gonna come out? Yeah. When is we've uh, been waiting? Yeah. 
I mean, I've been waiting. When's it going to happen? Yeah. I, w- I want them because they're – it's KU. And I don't like KU. And I, you know, I hate to say that I wanted to see them beat Oklahoma last week. But at the same time, can we talk about how funny that was? Did you see that email that was sent out to the students over down the road in Lawrence? Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Their athletic department sent out an email to all of the KU students and it said something along the lines of, you don't need a ticket, just was on show Twitter. up to the game. It was a, I saw it yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, just yeah. show up. Yeah. How pathetic. It was like at halftime. It was pathetic. close. They were like, They're like yeah. You don't even yeah. need a ticket. You can just yeah. come in. Like, yeah. how sad. How sad. Like, And that's the thing is like, K-State can have bad seasons and, you know, you can say what you will about coaching and, you know, being soft and wanting the media to be nice to everybody and, you know, whatever. And that was something that we didn't get to. Coach Kleiman talking about the media last week. I think it's not very relevant anymore. So, you know, it is what it is. It all blew over like everything else does. But, uh, you know, no matter how bad things get, you can always be a KU fan. I think you can always live in Lawrence, Kansas. I think <laughs> I think that's the uh, I think that's the moral of the story. So if you're having a bad day, at least you're not in Lawrence. At Kansas. least you're not in Lawrence, Kansas, rooting for the Kansas Jayhawks. Could also be a Chiefs fan. Yikes! I <laughs> don't no 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 don't walk out don't walk out don't walk out. Oh, I upset him. Well, I think that's my cue to <laughs> to get off the air. Thank you, Nate, for tuning in. Do you have anything else you want to say while you're still sitting there? Or are you just going to shun me for the next 30, 45 seconds? <laughs> he said no. He said no. All right. Thank you for tuning in here on Wildcat 919. I'm your host, Colin Settle, joined uh, almost to the end this time by Nate Gray. Uh, this, I believe, uh, was our 69th episode. Uh, so I, I really wanted to get to 100. I was counting them up, and that's just something I wanted to throw in. Is I really wanted to get to 100, and unless we start doing like two-a-days or like twice a week, I don't think we're going to get to 100. But last week would have been 69. Today would have been 70. Today is 69. Cool, right? So we're, it's it's been a long journey, and it's slowly coming to an end as we're getting past midterms and everything. But... Take care of yourself. Cats on Saturday. They're going to be TCU. It's homecoming. You got to beat them on homecoming. Come on now. I'm excited. It'll be a good time. We'll see you then.